Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. And on Tuesdays, we call it Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha as we tackle marriage and relationship issues. Because here's the bottom line, people. Our culture was built on marriage between a man and a wife. And that culture, which has been decimated by the attacks of the enemy, we're trying to equip it to fight back against the lies of the enemy, and to let you know that our culture can recover if we start teaching people that a marriage between a man and a wife is critical, not only to the strength of our culture, but the strength of our churches and the strength of our children. Our children, our children need a mom and a dad, and they need to have a mom and a dad, and we need to work at staying married, and we need to work hard at it, because some days it's more difficult than other days, and that's why we do Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha. We understand that if your marriage is a mess, if your relationships are a mess, you bring that to work, and it messes you up. You can't separate your work life and your personal life, just like you can't separate your Christianity from everything you do each and every day. Super big thanks go out to Ace Andrews. He'll be engineering the show today, taking your calls a little later on. So, you know, every day we talk about things that really require paradigm shift. And honestly, Martha, it's just to be a Christ follower requires a paradigm shift in our minds. But when we talk about the culture's approach to marriage and relationships, I mean, it really, the reason we read Romans 12 too is we need, it needs to resonate with us. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. We got to start asking that question. Is this the way the Lord wants it to be, or is this the way the culture has dictated it to be? Yeah, you know, it goes back to that question that we've talked about, about that Charles Sheldon wrote the book, In His Steps. It was all about what would Jesus do? And using that question to measure your decisions by it has a huge impact because we don't even realize and that's what this what our topic is all about is we don't even realize the lies that we have started to believe based on our culture and and so going back to what is it that jesus would do what is it that um is truly foundational in the scriptures that's what we need to go back to in our relationships. You know, I John 10.10, 10, I love what Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, but a lot of people miss the first half of the verse. They only talk about the second half of the verse. John 10.10 10 says this, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus then says, I have come that they may have life 
and that they may have it more abundantly. We need to recognize the attacks of the enemy on our relationships. It doesn't matter what your relationship, whether it's between two guys that are good friends or two girls that are good friends or between a husband and wife or between a boyfriend and a girlfriend or between siblings. The enemy wants to destroy relationships because relationships are where the power is at. And it starts with our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And it really is all about shifting that paradigm and starting to change the way we think. And that's that restoration process that happens after we've become redeemed by Christ. So at the beginning part of that verse, when you're talking about the thief, it's acknowledging that there is a thief out there and he has a plan to destroy. And so um, trusting in our Heavenly Father to give us the guidance. Oh yeah, the, the thief, the enemy, <laughs> we call him Satan, you could call him Lucifer by his prior name. The enemy wants, to, wants you to believe that when things get tough, you should go the other direction. You should run away. When uh, relationships are hurtful, that you should uh, just grow bitter and angry and never work things out. And, and I mean, it's just just stupid stuff like that. Instead of facing the trouble, because honestly, if you read the Bible, people in the Bible had trouble. Lots of trouble. Everybody that's in the Bible that there's a story about has trouble. There, there, there's just trouble. And, and, and the real people. I mean, you know, we even, you know, it's funny, Martha, because we named our son Joshua, Joshua, because I'm like, here, there's the only guy in the Bible that doesn't have any dirt on him. Yet Joshua, because he didn't inquire of the Lord, caused 36 guys to lose their lives. Hmm. Because, because he said, well, it went so good at Jericho, let's go to AI and go. Never asked the Lord for, for hey, are we ready to go? And Every, we've got something to learn from everybody in there. Well, that's why we were given the scriptures is to learn from um, normal people that God used in their life and how they had to learn what that looked like to trust in the Lord and to um, to grow their faith so that hopefully we can learn from some of those experiences. And that's why we talk about books that um, are based on biblical principles but we use them as a tool to help people to learn how can we grow our faith in the area of relationships. Well, and a lot of people probably think, well, Jim and Martha, you guys got it figured out, so therefore you must not have any problems. So, of course, it's easy for you to talk about on the radio. Wrong. Because I know that even we discussed like chapter one today, there's, you know, there's things that um, we are continually learning about how to improve and refine and work in our relationship yeah going over the bridge today towards the show we're like i'm sorry i'm sorry sorry. (laughs) i'll work on not being so sensitive to my wife a lot of us can blow off comments from anybody else but from your spouse you're like i'm taking offense at that all right you're listening to jim and martha on together on tuesdays and i work for him as today we're going to tackle and start a new series that'll last well whenever we don't have a guest on tuesdays on the book the lies couples believe by Dr. Chris Thurman. And you know, Martha, as, as we look at the, the conversations we've had with couples, and we have worked with dozens and, what well, really, gosh, I'm sure we've worked with hundreds and hundreds of couples, but one, two on two, we've dealt with over 75 couples in the last 17 years. One of the things that I know that people really struggle with is, well, just recognizing the attacks of the enemy. A lot of times they think that, well, we did that series that was by, uh, do you remember the people who were, the enemy's not your spouse. Uh, that, uh, yes. That guy. Okay. Mm, let me think about it. Yeah, well, Eldridge. Eldridge. Ron Eldridge. Ron and Stacey Eldridge. 
And they talked about the enemy is not your spouse. By the way, if you heard me drinking during John the first and segment, Stacey. John, John and, and Stacey, Stacey Eldridge. Yeah. Anyway, if you heard me drinking during the first segment, <laughs> I was drinking a cool, refreshing Mountain Dew and, and no free advertising for them. And, and, and I was going to make it. a comment, but I didn't want to interrupt Martha. And she goes, well, I could hear you drinking. <laughs> I, said, I said, by the way, if you're going to take a drink I didn't about Mountain Dew. <laughs> I didn't burp on the air. That was good. Ace told me I should burp one time. No, he didn't. Okay. All right. So I thought it would be good for us to highlight, just remind people, listen, in nine months, we're going on a marriage cruise. It's actually a little bit more than nine months, but it's nine months. And it's not too late. It's not too early. It's not too early. Not too early to get signed up for the marriage cruise. If you sign up now, we only have 20 couple spots open. Husbands and wives from around the country can come to Tampa Bay and join us on our marriage cruise. We don't care what kind of church you go to, but understand this. We will unequivocally put Jesus at the center of every conversation. And we're going to leave out of Tampa on the 30th of March and go through April the 3rd. 2017. 2017. So it's only nine months from now. And a lot of people get wigged out like, who are you talking about so far in advance? Well, because if you sign up now, then you could spread out the payments on it and you don't have to just write a check in the fall. But we'd love to have you come along. If you've never gone on one of our marriage cruises, guaranteed to be a life-changing, marriage-changing experience. And it's not because we're so incredible. No, although you are incredible. Oh, honey, no, you're <laughs> incredible. Resist. No, it, it's because we really put God at the center of every conversation, and the the magic is the Holy Spirit working in couples' lives in the conversations that we facilitate because of the deep, tough subjects that we deal with. I mean, it not, has nothing to do with us, although we are not, we love to facilitate. We love to be there. It's so much fun. We do. We get the opportunity to plan and put it together and really trust that the Lord's giving us the right conversations to have, and then we leave it up to Him as to how He um, impacts people's lives as a result of it, and, and uh, we know that it's making a difference in people's marriages, and it's also just uh, invaluable to get away with your spouse and spend some time just really focusing on each other. We live in a world where that is so hard to do, so hard to get away, even for an evening let alone a weekend. And so this is just, we've we've created the atmosphere for that all to happen. And um, and God really um, is glorified in it. You know, it's kind of like, you know, if you get married and you don't ever go on a, on a marriage retreat or do something, invest in your marriage, it's like jumping out of an airplane without a parachute when you're skydiving. Like, you really enjoy the few moments between air and the ground but eventually it smacks you and your head you know something goes through your head that wasn't what it was supposed to be like a rock but going on a marriage retreat teaches you i mean it's not giving you a parachute it's giving you the the, the controls of the airplane and how you really t- that was a really good metaphor Ooh, yeah have to write that one down we will have to write that ace make make a note of that one would you all right so but it is you know, we want to encourage you to come along. We'd love to have you join us. Go out to iworkforhim.com, go to, to the events tab, and you can find out about the marriage cruise. We actually have them set up for the next couple of years in uh, March of 17 and eight, uh, February. February of 18. So, mm-hmm. all right. So, we also, I want to just draw attention to we are in the mode of wanting to get more involvement from some marketplace ministries. And we're trying to help marketplace ministries become even more involved with us. You know, we should chase after a couple of marriage ministries, though, too. Maybe so they could be the highlight of every Tuesday show. But what we're trying to do is use our advertising spots to highlight marketplace ministries. But a lot of times they don't have marketing dollars. And so we're trying to raise money to help 
These marketplace ministries get on the air with us and to spend time with us on the air on a regular basis. If you are really being touched by this show, we just want to challenge you to go out to iWorkForHim.com, click on the Donate Now tab, and help Marketplace Ministries become a more regular part of this the show. We're I'm out there searching all the time, trying to find ministries that are really making a kingdom impact, but they're just nonprofit ministries. They need some help as well. And by you helping those advertisers come on, it helps Martha and I as well. So it's, it's a cool thing. It help every, it, it, you double your money almost every time you give. That's a win-win. It's a win-win-win-win. Because it's a, if it's a win-win, that's just a... Anyway, okay. <laughs> All right, so we're starting a new series called The Lies Couple Believe. And this is not... Yes, everything in this book we've seen, we've experienced in going working with couples, but Dr. Chris Thurman wrote this book. And it was just recently released. The Lies Couple Couples Believed. It was released this past year, I believe. Uh, 2000 and... Yes. Yes. 2015. <laughs> that's right. That really, really little print is hard to read, isn't it, Jim? No, I could read it just okay. fine. I was looking for the date. <laughs> I looked for the. That was just not even I'm nice. Sorry. 2016. 2015 is 15? what I just said. Okay. Are you having a hard you time a hard... with your, your eyes can't hear me? Is that what it is? That's what it is. Dr. Chris Thurman wrote this book, The Lies Couple Believe How Living the Truth Transformed Your Marriage. And, and really, this is something we've seen couples really struggle with. They believe, we, we see them believe lies, a couple of things. Number one, they believe the lies that the culture feeds them on what a marriage is all about. And when we dig through that garbage wall, we then realize a lot of times the spouses that are struggling in marriages are believing a lie that's been told to them about themselves. Right. Because, you know, so many people talk about the fact that we all bring baggage into our marriage and it's not just the luggage you're taking on your honeymoon. I was say, it was American Tourister for you, wasn't it? It might have been. They no, were Samsonite. Samsonite. They, they were, were burgundy. Yes. My family had a tradition of getting new luggage when you graduated from, was it high school or college? I have no high idea. school. And so I had luggage. But remember, that was back when there was hardly wheels on There were no luggage. wheels. No, it had one little wheel and you pulled up this little handle thing and you had to balance it on one wheel. But anyway, I digress. Um, so we all bring in this baggage into our marriages that we have carried personally. But then this book lists out 10 lies that we believe that we're that we've been told from one place or another and i love um, dr chris thurman the author of the book in the very in the intro he says if you want to think that you don't believe all of these lies you're lying and i i just love the way he, he's just very straightforward about it because it's not there may be to varying degrees that we believe them but for instance the very first one is the purpose of marriage is to be happy all of us believe that that to some extent that the purpose of marriage is to be happy but he goes into it of course in more detail and we're going to get into that but his point is that we believe these things in some form and we need to get a handle on them and understand um, what marriage is really all about all right so this is where it comes to the transparent time all right so what are some of the lies that we believed going into our marriage. From the list no. of 10? What? No. Okay, we could do that. I, mar- I, I marked them. You did? Yeah. Okay, well, you're talking through your list, okay. and I'll, 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 All right. I'll do that. So um, I struggled with this because, of course, we've had 30 years of trying to figure out marriage, and we've done a lot, probably more studying than a lot of people about marriage and relationship. So some of these, the lies, I 
knew I didn't, I no longer believed. So I had to try to think, okay, what did I believe when we got married? And one of the things that I know was that I believe my spouse should expect, accept me just the way I am. And um, I, re- I really never thought about the fact that I would need to um, allow Christ to change me in any way. And then um, I see my spouse for who my spouse really is. I think a lot of people think, oh, we, we, know, we know our spouse inside and out when we get married. <laughs> and I think I, After 30 years, I think, we don't know our spouses. Yeah, no. But I think I thought I knew you. I well, was, you did know me mm-hmm. as well as I let you know me. And to a certain extent, I, did, I, I truly believe that the purpose of marriage is to be happy. Well, we've had a happy marriage. But that's not, not the every point. day. That's not the point of this book. And so it's not that it's not that we you aren't supposed to be happy, but the purpose of marriage is not just about happiness. No, because if it was, people would get divorced all the time. Oh yeah. People get divorced all the time because, because they think they they're believe married. the lie. Because they think they're supposed to be happy. I mean that it's all about making me happy. It's not it's not about you. I mean, right. that's, that's the big problem. People get married because they think it's all about them. Wake up, people. Getting married is all about being selfless and putting somebody else's needs above yours. Oh, I got to step down for that soapbox. I, I but just, that's the whole, but that's the whole point. And it's not really that it point? needs to what's be the a, point? not that it needs to be a soapbox. It is a lie that has infiltrated our lives like Romans 12 too, where it has, it has come in and it has it, we've conformed to that way of thinking. We're, we're not even asking the question anymore. We don't even look at it and go, um, is this right or not? It's just kind of a given. And so there's all these givens in the world. That's what these lies are. They're, they're a given that we've absorbed as truth that we need to unwrap. All right, when we come back, I'll divulge some of the lies I believed before we got married. And what I know now to be lies, for sure. And, and But I will tell you this. Our marriage is amazing, not because, I don't know, because we're both perfect people, although Martha's pretty close. Nope. God has done amazing work in our lives in the last 30 years. And what a privilege it's been in this journey to be alongside Martha's side. But I will tell you this. The enemy came to deceive, and he's wicked good at it. No pun intended. No, pun intended. The enemy lies to us all the time. I mean, if you watch television, what does the enemy tell you that marriage is all about? Number one, if you see a married couple, they usually make fun of the married couple. A lot of times now on shows, they don't even show people getting married. They they show people sleeping together, uh, having sex outside of marriage all day. They, they make it sound like that's what marriage is all about, just the sex. And let me tell you, people, if you're listening today and you're not married yet, that's not what it's all about. You know, but going into marriage and understanding the lies we believe ahead of time, it's super important that we understand this. And going into marriage, I told I told you that before the break, after the break, Martha shared some of the lies she brought in. But for me, some of the lies that I believed going into marriage... Well, number one, I I thought that Martha was perfect going into marriage because she's so incredible. And what I found out after 30 years, she's just about perfect. Um, I just had a lot to work on. But what I found, I went into marriage thinking that Martha, you know, you've seen it on TV that Martha, she would complete me. Well, she is a perfect partner alongside of me. 
But the Lord is there to complete me. It's not Martha's job to complete me. It's not Martha's job to um, meet all of my needs. That's my heavenly father. And and so we've kind of grown in our faith together. But we, the Lord has given us an amazing ability to work side by side in a partnership very, very well. But I kind of thought, well, Martha, with my relationship with Martha would just satisfy all my needs. But no, no, the Lord is there to do that. But we've learned that together. You know, and I also thought, you know, a lot of people marry each other because they think that they're just so much like each other. But that's not. (laughs) (laughs) And I and I thought Martha and I had a lot in common. Well, we did have a lot in common, but we also had a lot not in common. And when as you get married and you spend years together, you realize we grew up in very different households and you have very different life experiences. And those shape your thoughts. They shape your actions. And. Martha's not like me, and I'm grateful. And I'm also, one of the things I've really learned to appreciate is that Martha hears the Lord differently than I do. And as a woman, she is adept at hearing his voice so much better than I. And I try to help guys understand that all the time. Listen, if your wife says, don't do something, doggone it, you better just stop, shut up, sit down, and listen. Because, man, when the Lord speaks to our wives... We need to be listening. And so often we blow them off and go, oh, you're just afraid or don't worry about it. It'll be fine. And whenever we say that, it's not good. All right, Martha, we're talking about the lies couples believe. You said I skipped some of the great comments up above <laughs> when we opened up the show. I'm not sure which one you're talking about because I okay. thought we covered them. Well, we were talk- We talked about what lies we believed when we came into our marriage. and um, But one of the things that I love that the author said at the beginning is he said he wrongly believed that his spouse should be just like him and that his spouse was a bigger mess of a human being than he was. Why would you marry somebody that's a bigger mess than you? Well, I think that that's how we all look at life. We go, well, they've got more. You married me because I was a big mess? Um, No, but what I think, (laughs) give the guy a break. I think what the, what the he's saying is that, you know, we always think, well, we've got it together and they've got a few things maybe to work out or whatever. I think we just do this comparison thing and we, number one, expect the other person to become like us. Um, you know, if I like, and this is something we still deal with after 30 years, even today when we were doing the dishes, you know. Um, yes, we have our own ways. And I'm sorry, we keep bringing it back to the dishes and I don't know why, but it just is a, such a real example because we do eat every day. And so there are dishes every day, but we have different ways of doing it, but we get the same result. And so we, no, in we our don't. control. No, we don't. If I put the dishes in the dishwasher, they never get cleaned as well, which is why I wash them by hand. Okay. But the point, that's the dishwasher. But anyway, the, the whole idea that... Um, we can do things, dif- we can be different, but that doesn't make us wrong. But um, the author just starts off the book by saying, you know, I thought that my spouse would become like me and that, you know, they maybe had more things going on in their life than I did that needed to be fixed. And I think we just, we do this comparison thing and we don't really um, look at it from a realistic standpoint. This would have been a great question to ask our parents before we got married. Okay. What were the lies you believed about marriage that you now realized were lies? Mm. That would have been a great question to ask before you walked down the aisle. So help me, help me to learn from that. That would have been a great question. I never, ever would have thought that. Because, so other people can ask it still. Yes, they can. Mm-hmm. Because we, we live in a society of the happily ever after. 
you know, the, the people that, that there's this magical, you know, Snow White or, you know, what Disney has screwed up life because every, every Disney story ends happily ever after. It, life's not like that. I mean, after the wedding, it, it's difficult. Well, of course, Shrek 2 was better because they talked about, you know, they were arguing a little bit. Fiona and Shrek were arguing. So that was more realistic. But And she was big and green. She didn't have the little Barbie doll. Anyway, okay. So rescue me here. Would you help, help me no, out? No, no, I'm not going <laughs> to. No, I'm just kidding. Right. I was thinking about the fact that all their friends knew, had choreographed dance and all that stuff. Yeah, that's not real. No, it's not real. Because that wouldn't happen in all our right, So is it true that all of the beliefs we had about marriage... Do, were they all true when we got married? Did we learn it? Have we learned anything about marriage? I think so. We've learned I think a, lot we've learned a few things. All right. all right. So here's the lies that the book is going to talk about. Okay. And when we come back, we're not going to talk about these. We may kind of hint a little bit, but, but this is in the following weeks, we're going to talk in detail about these lies. But I mean, it's just so important that we recognize the fact that the enemy wants you to believe these lies. I don't know if I'm going to get them all out before the break. The purpose of marriage, number one lie, the purpose of marriage is to be happy. Number two, my spouse can completely meet all my needs. Number three, my spouse is a bigger mess of a human being than I am. Number four, I am entitled to my spouse's love. Uh, Number five, our marital problems are all my spouse's fault. Six, my spouse should expect me just accept me just the way I am. Number seven, my spouse should be just like me. Eight, I see my spouse for who my spouse really is. Number nine, my spouse has to earn my forgiveness. And the number 10 lie, we can reconcile without repenting. <laughs> it's really a pretty good list. There's some amazing stuff in there. Those are going to be some fun weeks. Like, I, I, I like this one. The are all Our marital problems are all my spouse's fault. We have heard that in marriage mentoring sessions time and time and time and time again. Oh, sure. When you're feeling hurt, it's really easy to point the finger at the other person. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and I and I, that's when I bring out the two by four because it ticks me off. That one ticks me off. Why are you giving me that look? You don't really bring out the two by four. It's a proverbial two by four. I know. I just had to say it. All right, you're listening to I Work For Him together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha as we tackle marriage issues and relationship issues and the lies that couples believe by Dr. Chris Thurman. But what we're talking about, the lies that couples believe, this is the destructive force in marriage today. And it, because it's all driven by the great deceiver. Carrie Livgren had a great song like that in the 80s, The Great Deceiver. Boy, hey, see if you could find that one. The Great Deceiver by Carrie Livgren. It was on his uh, Seeds of Change album. But it... it yeah, I remember. That was the greatest album ever. It's when and came, when you say album, you mean album. It was a vinyl album, and it was that was when he came came to Christ. Right, he went from Kansas, came to Christ, and started his own group. But this the the deceiver wants you and me to believe these lies about marriage, and it feeds destruction. I mean, it really does. And Martha, we deal with couples all the time that believe these lies, and therefore expect. I have unrealistic expectations about marriage. Well, yeah, and sometimes it can just be a day-to-day thing where some days you could be, you know, um, having a disagreement with your spouse and truly believe that your spouse is the one who's completely wrong and um, or could truly believe that they have issues that they need to 
figure out and you don't, or truly believe, you know, any of these lies that um, we listed right before the break. And um, so being reminded that, you know, it's a much bigger picture than that. You know, it, it is the, the, the truly believe that your spouse, I mean, any, you know, there are the small occasions where it's possible that your spouse may be 100% wrong. Like that's like one one thousandth of a percentage point. Almost all the other times there are, and, and that, you know, that we're not talking about abuse here. We're talking about just normal, healthy marriage relationships where there's conflict. Marriage is work and, and we have to work at it. And attitude really plays a lot in that, Martha. How, how do you think attitude plays into that? It does. And that's what the first chapter of this book that we're talking about, The Lies Couples Believe by Dr. Chris Thurman. He talks about attitude is everything. And there's a quote in here by Charles Swindoll. And we all love um, uh, his teaching. And he Insight says, Insight for Living, Chuck yes. Swindoll. The longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It is more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failure, than success, than what other people think or say or do. It is more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, or a home. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. You know, and for me, it's never the day by day thing. I have to embrace a good attitude minute by minute. I, I, I do. I, I know some people are, I don't know if it, it's not, I don't really have attention deficit. It's just when I have too much caffeine, but I, I struggle with the day by day thing. It's not small enough for me because I really have to remind myself to have a good attitude often and not just towards you, because I do want to have a great attitude towards you and I want to have a, a servant attitude towards you, but I really have to work driving have a good attitude <laughs> is a struggle for me as well. Yes, giving up driving would would help your. I really overall... think it would if we lived in the wilderness. <laughs> in the you'd, you'd probably be riding a horse or something then. So the verse that goes along with that that we so much love is Philippians two five, and it says, "In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset." as Christ Jesus. Well, and really, that's where the Ephesians 5, 25 through 33 comes in. It says, husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. And then it goes on to say, and wives, respect your husbands. If every husband in America, if every husband on this globe would love their wife like Christ loved the church, having the attitude and mind of Christ towards his wife, there'd be no marital problems. Well, that may not be true. There'll be a whole lot less marital problems. Right. And um, the, the key with this verse is that it's talking to both the man and the woman and saying, in your relationships with one another. So this is not a leadership issue. This is not a submission issue. This is have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. But if a husband loved his wife like Christ oh, loved the I'm church, not... wives were built in their DNA to love that and respect that in their husbands and to respond. I mean, it it would just eliminate a lot of stupid. It just goes to show that the scripture is so full of guidance for our marriages. And if we would take the time to read it and um, apply it to our lives, we would be much better off. <laughs> well, and really, I mean, oh, I'm going to step onto this soapbox just lightly. Ladies and gentlemen, listening to the I Work For Him show, the audience today, if you're hearing my voice, please listen. If you own a Bible and you're a Christ follower, please open it tonight. Start reading. 
I mean, honestly, people, I, I'm amazed at how many Christ followers I run into all the time that have no idea what the scriptures say. You're never going to know unless you read it. Put the TV, put the TV remote down, shut it off first, put your cell phone aside and, and get 15 more, 15 minutes a day. Just so start reading. What, what does the Bible have to say? It's an amazing handbook for life. It's so it's so amazing. All right, you you've got the great deceiver. Just you got it queued up to the to the to the chorus where it says the great. Okay, all right. We're talking about the great deceiver because we're talking about the lies that couples believe. Here's a song from Carrie Livgren back in the 80s called The Great Deceiver. And that song goes, what a great, boy, the music was so incredible on that album. And that style's not for everybody, I understand. But the point of it is, we get deceived. The mask, the great deceiver, the enemy parades around as an angel of light. Yes. And he is out to kill, maim, and destroy. And he wants to do it. You got to look, if you look at history in this country, he has brought our country to its knees before our enemies around the world by the destruction of the family because the family is the backbone of society and the family is made strong by strong marriages all right so can i can i just tell us a funny story well of course you can okay now that i interrupted you so you play that song and you're like that is such great music so this morning we're sitting outside on our porch (laughs) reading our bibles and somebody goes to get their mail from the mailbox and they've got opera playing super loud on their car stereo screaming for help on the radio and jim says i can't believe that anybody likes that music (laughs) and i said to him something to the effect of well you know that's why there's so many different kinds of music because everybody likes different things and nobody other people might hear you listen to worldwide message tribe and say oh my goodness we gotta move on i'm sorry that was just a great example there might have been some listeners going that was not music and they're not thinking that's music that jim likes no that album (laughs) it, it just the words of those songs were amazing all right so there's this little diatribe going back and forth between a husband and wife in the book mm-hmm. and, and it goes back and forth and it's the wife is feeling frustrated that her husband is constantly using his work as an excuse not to help with the kids right and they have a conversation and it goes down to this mike i don't mind cutting you some slack i just think you use work as an excuse to not help out with the kids Maybe I do, but that wasn't the case the other night. Okay, but I would appreciate it if you would at least let me know more clearly when you aren't going to help. Grunting at me isn't going to work. Communication. I mean, and, and Martha and I, you're, you and I are still working on that communication thing and really figuring out how do we, you know, especially since now we spend even more time together than we always have because we're working constantly on I work for him, that communicating expectations, things like that. But this lies that, first of all, the one of the other lies, it's not on there. It should be, it should be the number one lie on here. Your wife can read your mind. <laughs> I don't know that you 
thought that you just assumed it. No, I thought my mom had <laughs> eyes on the back of her head. Yes. But the the what the book goes on well, to say, say I can read my spouse's mind. There you go. That's I, a lie. That's, that would be a lie. So there's it's probably ingrained in there somewhere where like my spouse should see the world just like I see it or something like that. But the point um in that in that little um snippet there with that couple is the fact that he goes on to say that if you were to ask either of those spouse, they would both say that the conflict started with the other person. Right. And it was the other person's fault. And so herein lies the um the issue with not taking any ownership in in communication and not trying to get on the same page because she could be very sympathetic to the husband being busy if she just really understood that that was the case. Why is it important, Martha, do you think, that we develop the right beliefs about marriage? Because that's something we had to do. We had to learn to understand the right beliefs about marriage. Why do you think it's important? Yeah. Well, I feel like that's kind of a... Dumb question. All right, no, moving on to the next question. No, then. I would never say dumb, but I think it because we want to build so it up and be so stronger. stupid is what you're thinking? No. Because we, I think, and we had great examples going before us, but we still, there's so many things that we just, we pick up from TV, we pick up from friends, we pick it up, pick it up from seeing other relationships, and we assume that to be the truth. And so really learning for yourself what God designed for marriage. Well, and faulty thinking is fed by wrong beliefs. Mm. And, and when we bring faulty thinking into our marriages... Like these 10 lies, and then the one I just added that you can read your spouse's mind. <laughs> because I, I got to tell you, all, I mean, that's one. I don't know why. We got we to gotta write the author about this one. He missed that one. I, well, he, maybe as we go through the book, we'll find, we'll uncover it somewhere. Okay. All right. Yeah, we haven't, we've only read the first couple of chapters. They're, they're going to experience it with us. We're yes. reading it as we go. All right. So, but what is the enemy of right thinking? I mean, I, I, I think TV can be the enemy of right thinking. Uh, selfishness can be the enemy of right thinking. What, what do you what do you think is the enemy of right thinking? Wrong people. Yeah, I think you know being uh, surrounding yourself with people that don't withhold or hold on to good um, values in marriage. You know, you 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 pick up things whether you mean to or not. I I remember talking with a friend of ours who was struggling in their marriage, and she's like, "Well, I guess this is just as good as it's ever going to get." That's believing a lie. That's believing that God doesn't have something better for your relationship. That doesn't mean a different relationship. It means working on the one you have to get it to a better spot. Yeah, because every marriage is fixable. Every marriage is recoverable and able to take into new heights if you'll just work on it. And that's a lie that's not one. That's a truth that's not a lie. That's what I was trying to say. All right, we're talking about the lies that couples believe by Dr. Chris Thurman. We're just getting started, but the enemy of right thinking is you not knowing what your Bible has to say about marriage and what it really means to be a Christ follower. Open that baby up. The Bible is going to change your life because it's the power of God's word. You know, Martha, I think it's really important that we tie this into, well, this is your idea. Let's give credit where credit is due. <laughs> we wrap this into the workplace because this is, I work for him. And we always talk about the fact that our, whatever's going on in our relationships really impacts our workplace. Right. And there's so many different ways that we could tie this back into the workplace. Number one is if you go to work and you 
um, are bad-mouthing your spouse and saying things that are happening in your relationship and um, making trying to make yourself look good and it's all their fault, that kind of stuff. Number one, you're not setting a good example for those that you work with. But number two, those same kinds of things can happen in relationships at work. Well, like I was thinking, the, mm-hmm. you know, the one that's not on this list yet that we're going to find in the book somewhere is that you don't know what your boss is thinking. Right. You so don't know what your true. coworker is thinking. Right. How do you find those things out? You have to have communication. Right, which is the solution to almost every marriage problem. Yeah. Have so, a conversation with them. And also, even just like the lie about, um, you know, the purpose of working with those people is for them to make you happy. You know, you can turn all of these things and say, you know, life is not all about you. Life is not about you. It's not at all about you. In fact, yeah, I'll be nice. I'll be nice. But but I mean, the, but, the, but that's the point is that we have relationships with people at work where we have to communicate, we have to get along, we have to cooperate on projects and things like that. And if we have these same lies about those people, it's hard to have a truly um, in good relationship with them. Well, I think a lot of the lies that we mentioned earlier, so if you're just tuning in right now, you're going to have to go out and listen to the archive and we'll be talking about the lies that couples believe. But I think a lot of them had to do with entitlement. Yes. And we've got this this entire society that is they they feel entitled. Well, I deserve this. This is mine. I this, you know, the marriage is about me. I should be happy. You should make me happy. Yeah, and then and we translate that at work too. Oh, you know, what? I found that verse in First Hesitations ten nine. <laughs> oh yeah, that verse isn't in the scriptures that that marriage is all about you. I mean, that's we have to break this mentality of entitlement. We've been given the biggest gift ever, a relationship with our heavenly Father, and because of that, our lives are being transformed one molecule at a time to be more to look more like Jesus, and that impacts our relationships. And this is what this is about. Stop believing the lies that the culture is t- telling you. The behaviors and customs are big, fat, stinking lies. You feel better now? No. Because okay. we don't get to finish talking about this. we got to go. But that's the whole point. People can pick up this book and read it for themselves or just keep tuning in. Yeah, we'll have a picture of it on our Facebook page tonight. The Lies Couples Believe by Dr. Chris Thurman. we got to go. Martha, it's the end of another I Work For Him show, but it's been fun. It has. I, 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 can't, I can't wait for the rest of this conversation. Hopefully I don't get in too much trouble when I'm here about <laughs> it. But thanks for listening today. Thanks for tuning in to Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha. We're hoping that something we said today just challenged you. We got to start asking the questions. What would Jesus do? What would he be thinking? What does the scripture say? We've got to ask those questions and we got to stop believing the lies that the world just keeps putting out there. Stop copying the behaviors and customs of this world. But let your life be transformed by, by letting God change your mind. It's amazing. All right. When you thanks so much to Ace, he did a great job taking phone calls. He just what a great teammate. He's just fantastic. Hey, when you get home today, would you join the I Work for Him Nation? Go out there and make that commitment to start transforming your workplace by allowing your own heart to be transformed by praying for those people that you work with each and every day. And when you're out there, check out the cruise information. Maybe make a donation to help some marketplace ministries get on the air. Whatever it is, we do appreciate you listening to I Work For Him. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers and we own our own business, but ultimately, I I Work work For him. Him.